I thought you told me we only came here once. What's that? You guys know what you're talking about? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to EMS with your hosts, Eric Axine and Matt Ball. Some of the most interesting patients I've seen in the, in the ER environment have been uh, jail patients. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether it's um, somebody brought to me for some problem in right. the jail or I need to medically clear them or a patient that's on the way to jail I got to medically clear to get right. to jail. Uh, or been, you go to the jail. Uh, you ever had that? Or uh, well, we, uh, no, I've actually never been to the jail, but the, we did have an area, one of the hospitals I worked at, which uh, essentially was like a cell block. Um, a whole cell block? Yeah, a bunch of, it was a county facility. Oh, and okay. there was a whole wing there that was dedicated to jail patients and the high security, Yeah, you know, the double doors to get through. And, right, anyway, right, right. It was, and you couldn't go in with a pencil, I remember. That was the thing is a, uh, you couldn't write things down yeah. in those rooms. You had to, you know, kind of write it down afterwards in the yeah. patient Before record. cell phones. <laughs> couldn't yes, record. Before, no, there's yeah. no cell phones or anything like that. This was a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, the, j- the jail patients—they uh, need health care too. Sure. And sometimes they they get hurt real oh, bad. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, one of the districts I used to work in had a jail in it, and I remember two guys had come to my station. They were new to my station, my crew, and I mean we would go to that jail fairly often. You know, it wasn't like every shift you would go there. You know, you'd go there, and they asked. They were like, well, how often do you go to the jail? I was like, I don't know. You know, maybe once or twice a month we go up there, you know. Literally that day, we went to the jail. We had three calls. For some reason, we only had three calls that day. All three calls were at the jail, and all three calls were for broken femurs. Wow. It was the weirdest, and then they all think, they're like, I thought you told me we only came here once. What's that? Yeah. We just went here. Yeah, that that was weird. That was probably 17 years ago, and those guys still talk about that story, wow. about how I told them we only come here once or twice a month, and we went there three times that day. There's a femur bandit. <laughs> well, no, it was all different situations. Really? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that's what they told you. See, that's the other thing I remember about jail patients. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, I, I mean, good. not to be disparaging. I mean, these, no. these people are have just as much value as you sure, and me. Sure, absolutely. But, but one thing I, I noticed is that almost every time they're lying, uh, and, and not because they're trying to manipulate well they are trying to manipulate but it's that they don't want to tell on somebody right you know it wasn't a fight i Snitches fell off my bunk stitches. that's right uh that's some of the some of the funniest stories like sir like i see the teeth marks yeah it didn't <laughs> or, happen the way that you're telling the, yeah. me that, yeah exactly yeah, this doesn't happen i had a um i guess this wasn't a jail patient but somebody who lied to me that uh, said she uh, had uh i'm sorry he um, had fallen into a swamp cooler and that's where all the lacerations came from on her arm or mm-hmm. his arm mm-hmm. really <laughs> and fell uh, into a swamp cooler well, anyway we found out later that she had an animal mm-hmm. a certain animal that fish and game would be very interested to know lived in her home with her ah. and she didn't want us to know that she had that particular animal got it yeah rhymes it. with tear starts with b uh, oh, anyway. <laughs> yeah really serious and uh, had another patient once that had gotten bit by his dog and said he had a blender accident. It's <laughs> like, no, sir. Puncture versus laceration. <laughs> you yeah. stick your hand in the blender, it's going to look different. Totally different, yeah. But didn't want anybody... Like, the, you Get know, his dog euthanized or people something. People may not know this, but anytime a dog bite comes in, uh, you have to call yeah. uh, animal control. Yeah. 
Anyway, back to jail patients. Uh, they do sometimes say, like, I, I hit my head on the sink. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? I know I've, I've uh, had the opportunity and privilege of taking care of a lot of these patients. Yeah. And the vast majority of the time, very pleasant and enjoy meeting them and learning. Yep. Oh, yeah, they're they're interesting. And usually they're cool with us. Like when we're transporting, mm -hmm. they're never usually a problem. They're yep. usually usually pretty friendly with us. Now, if they have substances on board, that can sometimes change the way that that True. looks. True, yes. I have been cussed out and screamed at and mm -hmm. every other thing while we got 14 dudes holding the patient down. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, they, they're definitely interesting individuals. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, a challenge, too. Uh, if we get a patient brought in by law enforcement on their way to the jail, mm -hmm. um, it's a whole different set of circumstances where they usually have a, a net over their head. They've been spitting at people or who knows what. Yeah. Um, and then we have to, to take care of them. We have to rule out life-threatening things before they, yeah. they bring them to prison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And, uh, it's always amazing how they get chest pain once they find out they're going to jail, too. That's I had a patient of, once that was brought in for <laughs> oh, chest pain. Only once? Well, no. <laughs> this is interesting, though. Yeah. Uh, I may have told you this story, but this patient was brought in for, uh, by law enforcement, was pulled over for speeding and said they had chest pain. Yeah. Shock. And then ended up having a STEMI. Yeah. Actually was having Actually was yeah. having one. And, and then, uh, but refused care. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, we went through the whole, you know, our acronym for, for uh, refusals, yeah. ACDC. You yeah. know, this guy was autonomous. Yeah. He was obviously in custody. I was going to say he's in custody, though. Could yeah. he refuse? Because um, at that point, they could yeah. say. Yeah. Well, he, we let him refuse. Yeah. Uh, we kept him in the hospital, though, because he was so sick. Yeah. Uh, right. he, he didn't look good. Yeah. Um, but he had the, the legally he could do it. Mm -hmm. Mentally, mm -hmm. he could do it. Mm -hmm. and, we, and I explained all the risks to him. Right. And he was actually agreeable uh, to staying in the hospital, obviously, because he didn't want to go to jail, but right. uh, we, but he refused to go to the cath lab for his STEMI. Wow. I mean, it wasn't subtle either. It was yes, a real legit STEMI. legit STEMI. I remember the cardiologist talking to him with me there, too, just trying to convince this guy, hey, dude, you could die. Yeah. And he knew, and he says, no, I will not go to the cath lab. And really? he didn't go. And we did send him to the ICU, mm -hmm. and uh, he uh, um, ended up leaving against medical advice down the road. But uh, wow. anyway, kind of an interesting story. That's crazy. And, and a lot of these um, drunk drivers that are brought in to us, too, um, they uh, um, will, you know, for various reasons, have to stay in the hospital. And then sure. law enforcement will follow them and stay with them until they're released. And then they... Yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, there's a... Uh, our our interaction in the pre-hospital environment with law enforcement there's a there's a there's a partnership there we've talked oh, about yeah. it in previous podcasts yeah, too right some some jurisdictions they've gotten into trouble with the relationships they've had with law enforcement right. doing things that maybe they shouldn't do right. not monitoring patients when they should et cetera et cetera yeah 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 um, yeah so, no we have a good relationship with our PD luckily yes. uh, the, one of the most interesting things I've ever learned. Uh, from my jail patient was uh, how they do tattoos in prison. I was sewing up a laceration, mm -hmm. and uh, which is actually another funny story. But uh, I was sewing up a laceration and, and learned that they to make the tattoo ink, they will melt down a chest piece, burn a, a, pl a paper bag, and use the ash yeah, with yeah. VO5 um, s um, shampoo. Vidal Sassoon, I think is what they said, VO5. I don't know what it is about VO5. Maybe it's any shampoo, but right. that's what he told me. Uh, VO5 uh, trash bag melted down chest piece and a guitar string. Yeah, I knew the. I've never heard the chest piece. Yeah, and they melted down the plastic and. Okay. And, uh, anyway, so and that's they what they would use. And, yeah. And, so and that's draw. how they do it. Mm -hmm. He actually that that 
it was an interesting case I'll never forget. Um, I think in an effort to teach me something, he got himself into trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd run out of suture material, sewing up the laceration on this this young man. Right. And he went to grab the scissors. And I honestly don't even know if he actually grabbed them. All I, all I know is uh, as soon as I turned around to grab more suture material, I just hear a melee break out in the room and turn around and suddenly the law enforcement guys had tackled this guy uh, because he went to grab for the scissors. And while I was turned away, they were afraid maybe he would use them. Um, But he explained to all of us later, you know, as things were calmed down so I could finish sewing them up, is that, oh, I would have never hurt you. I just wanted you to know that I could have hurt you. Don't ever turn your back on me. Actually, I think his exact words were, you're lucky that I do like you. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting clientele. It is. They can be scary and intimidating. We had one, uh, we got called to a jail for a suicide attempt and showed up, had to go down into the pod area, um, got the patient, loaded him up. And, you know, anytime we would transport a patient, obviously they're in custody. So you have a sheriff's deputy. Typically they're in restraint, so you have to have a sheriff's deputy with you in the back of the ambulance. And then typically there's, you know, might be one or two, whatever, driving. Uh, on this particular day, we could tell that there was something else uh, unusual about this patient due to the heightened nature of their security. Uh, they were much more concerned about the security. We, we didn't find all this out until after. We noticed that there was some, something off. There was something off for sure. There was something off with the guy. Like the whole situation was just kind of weird. We went to the hospital, and I mean, very quickly. We noticed there was officers all over the ER, and we were like, hmm. what's the deal? And we didn't find out later until uh, that this individual that we had transported was a um, very high-ranking member of a very dangerous organization. Ah. And uh, they were thinking that this was possibly an escape attempt because apparently he had threatened to hmm. try to escape. And so the... Uh, the police, the sheriff's office, they were concerned that this was an escape attempt, that he was faking this problem, medical problem, to get out of the jail facility. And they thought that they were going to come storm the hospital that we had transported to, to try to bust this guy out. And so they had SWAT team there, clearing the ER, like going through checking who's this patient, who's that patient. Uh Uh, Yeah, it was interesting. It was an interest. That dude, like, just the way he was acting was a little nerve wracking. It was uh, something off. I, I, I've uh, been involved in similar situations, which are, uh, uh, you know, like we're just everybody's there. I mean, it must have been everybody in that, that police department in that city was there <laughs> Small town. in the ER. Yeah. And uh, it was the situation. It was on the news. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I am finding myself now in the epicenter in the <laughs> treating this. You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty intense what the law enforcement community has to deal with. And when we have to interface with them, sometimes it can be pretty, uh, it can be pretty intense. The only time I've ever been, like, physically kind of threatened on a call uh, was a patient who was having, was definitely under the influence of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it called, family member had called, and this was early in a weekday morning, like 7 a.m., mm-hmm. just me and my partner roll over to this house walk in patients kind of laying on the ground you know what's going on i don't know he's acting crazy what thought he was having a seizure okay mm-hmm. and i reach down and i go to kind of try to arouse this patient so he'd sit up and he wakes up and i mean he gives me the crazy eyes like oh, he's no. gonna eat my soul and it was like oh okay that's surprising and he gets up and he, i mean i'm not Aggressive, a big guy yeah. but he's he was a bigger guy 
and he's kind of coming at me. Luckily, whatever he was under the influence on kind of affected uh-huh. his coordination level. Also, luckily, his family member that was with him was trying to hold this patient back yeah. and communicating like, hey, they're here to help you. Mm-hmm. Called for PD, like, hey, we're going to need some, some help over some here. And uh, so we kind of just backed off and waited. And then PD came in with a purpose, and the rest of the family didn't like that because they thought they mm-hmm. were coming in. And uh, long story short, everything kind of calmed down. Everything was kind of good to mm-hmm. go. We're okay. It's all good. Walking the patient over to the cot, and uh, the patient kind of stumbled for a second, and I saw the cop grab a hold of the patient, and I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> because as soon as he grabbed that patient, uh-huh. the patient started to fight, uh, and yeah. then it, they started to get out handcuffs, and then the mm-hmm. family thought they were arresting the guy, and I'm trying to tell the family, no, 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 they're just trying to do it for his safety and our safety. No, no, it didn't matter. That guy was trying to bite us, yeah. spitting on us. Oh, just the fight was on. Yeah, it was uh, It was interesting. It actually happens a lot more than I think people realize. I mean, we're very comfortable with that in the pre-hospital environment, yeah, whether it's the, yeah. in somebody's home, in the ambulance, or in the ER. Yeah. Uh, they they can they can be pretty dicey. Oh and, man! And and they really do present a risk to themselves exactly. and a risk to staff. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, and you need to you need to get control of them quickly and it and you can't you can't medically restrain somebody until you physically restrain them to at least right. get that going. It's, yeah, yeah, you can't it's, give them a shot or get an IV going until you get them under control. Yeah, one of, jail patients are interesting. One of the funniest jail patients I ever treated. This is interesting. So, in this uh, at this particular hospital, there was a, a a small wing of of rooms within that area where we would treat jail patients for. You know, even in jail, you can get an appendicitis, right? So, yeah, right. You know, but this particular patient was there for psychiatric reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I learned that um, oftentimes people will, whether they wanted to or planned to or whatever, um, will leave the jail by doing something intentionally. Mm-hmm. It's like, you want to get out of jail? Swallow this. Right. Uh, this one patient told me, I asked her, I said, how do you, how do you get the razor blades into the, into the jail to swallow them? And she, she, what she would do is she would slide the razor blades into the antiperspirant or roll, or like the, you know, the yeah, deodorant, deodorant yeah. stick inside the wax of that. And they'd be hidden in there. And that was the way she smuggled stuff Goodness. in, she told me. But anyway, and then she'd swallow them and then said, Swallow I'd, the razor blades. Mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. and say, That's, I just swallowed razor blades. And they would send her to the ER emergently uh, to, get, to get taken care of. Um, and those, uh, anyway, this particular patient in this, uh, in this, at this hospital had actually been, um, swallowed a battery and, uh, the battery, uh, you know, the battery acid can create lots of problems, sure. um, in your GI system yeah. that the acid can eat through and can perforate things potentially. Anyway, um, so we had this patient swallowed batteries and she would poop them out and swallow them again. And the same battery. <laughs> The same battery. And she just kept doing it. And, and I remember, because, um, you know, once you swallow, you got to wait till she doesn't get you know, to pass it. It's like, and we tell, ma'am, you can't keep doing this. You know, we gotta, we had to stop that cycle somehow. Well, mm. she knew, I think, that once the cycle stopped, that there's no emergent need. And so she kept eating the battery oh. and swallowing it again. And so mm. my attending physician was really smart. I remember thinking to myself, man, Dr. So-and-so, so that was a brilliant idea. I wish we had thought of that yesterday. You know? yeah. But he turned the water off to her, her cell. Uh, so there's no water going to the room. Really? Um, 
and they she was not able to stomach the battery without cleaning it with the water and but she tried that would be a, oh and um anyway it it was uh, uh. The, 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 uh. <laughs> uh anyway but uh you know the i'm sure a miserable place to be uh oh no doubt but anyway they there was a Stories like that, swallowing razor blades, swallowing all sorts of stuff. I've had patients who mm. have swallowed need, knitting needles uh, to hurt themselves. We had a patient that used to do the razor blade thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like self, but it was, this wasn't in jail. Mm. He's just self-destructive. That's crazy. Swallow utensils? Yeah. I mean, weird stuff. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the whole thing, too. The other end, putting stuff in there. Uh, there's some funny stories there, too. <laughs> but yes. uh, this is... Uh, uh, the theme here, of course, is jail patients. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that, uh, when I think jail patients, I've had uh, uh, three people, three death threats against me, um, and one of them was a jail patient uh, really? who really, he said the wrong things, and he said it with all the law enforcement folks there. Ah. And he said it in a way that wasn't some idle threat. You know, he, right. it was, I've, I've got a gun that's got, and he's looking Your at my name. ID, you know, and, and I'm coming back. And uh, it was, uh, on that one, I don't think we actually filed a report or anything, but uh, but I, they they can be scary. You know? oh, yeah. They're very aggressive sometimes if they're, it's not that they have anything against you personally. No. It's just that you happen to be there yes. and they're just mad yes. as ever. Yep. You're making them do something they don't want to do and they're upset and mad, yeah. The, uh, the sometimes the patients that will come in by law enforcement will really want to stay in the hospital, not go to jail, and mm-hmm. will pretend like they're passed out or uh, fake a stroke. Or yep. um, and uh, we've uh, I don't know we, we kind of developed we got a little everybody every doctor I think has a little strategy to how they would wake wake people up. Oh yeah, there's there's a the, th- the th- uh, pen on the thumbnail or the toenail. Yeah, the uh, I'm just gonna grab this pen real quick Don't here. Don't you crush my finger? Uh, I can grab it. There it is. Uh, yeah, you take your your. Uh, let me see your thumb. Oh, I, I won't, I've I won't seen it. it. I've yeah. seen you do it on patients before. I do the same thing. Yeah, it'll, it's extremely way more. It, painful it won't damage than the one. the finger, but no. it hurts. Yes. Yeah, that you can pinch the trapezius muscle. Yeah. That's a. Yeah. Uh, you can do sternal rub, which is kind of the classic maneuver. Yeah. Um, I, I've never done this before, but I've had uh, a colleague of mine would stick an 18-gauge needle in their heel. Now, I don't think that's appropriate, by the way. Yeah, no. That don't do that. Seems a little aggressive. <laughs> um, but that, you can't fake that. Uh, right. The other thing that I do, though, that's really hard to fake, it doesn't damage anything or hurt them, but is the, um, the smelling salts. Yeah. Yeah, um, we don't even carry it anymore. Oh, in the ER we do. Yeah, they've and taken it off the ambulance. Now, Ari, I'm sure other people's ambulance have them, but... I would, I would, I would uh, take the smelling syringe. salt. Yep. I would, well, I open up the syringe, yep. throw it in there, yep. uh, crack it, and then yep. draw up the air, and then put it up the nose. Yep. It's it, if, involuntary if reaction. You, you cannot. Yeah. It's kind of like the old arm dropping over the head trick. Yeah. If they do, you know. Yeah, that's true. Well, the, well, the you know, the, faking a stroke is something that'll happen from time to time too. And the interesting thing that that folks don't know that aren't you haven't gone through medical school right. <laughs> is to know that the sternocleidomastoid here, the SCM, this muscle on our neck that turns our head, mm-hmm. the right one turns your head left and the left one turns your head right. And so the uh, folks that are coming in saying the right side is weak, you, you haven't turned to the right, they, they can't do that, but they can turn to the left. But what they don't know is that uses the right-sided muscle. Ah. Same thing with the tongue. Moving your tongue to the right... <laughs> 
uses the left, uh -huh. and moving your tongue to the left uses the pull. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's kind of the thing. Yeah, the other thing that uh, was interesting too, within uh, kind of detecting a fake stroke, is the uh, um, the lifting your legs. Mm -hmm. You, it's an involuntary reflex that you lift your right leg, you push down with your your left. You lift your left, you push oh, down yeah. with your right. Yeah. You can kind of put your hands under the patient's heels, enacting your abs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that makes so sense. The, yeah. Anyway, so those are interesting. Kind of a you can kind of see through that patient that's looking for the uh, secondary gain of going to the hospital instead of jail, right? <laughs> yes, or staying in jail. Yeah, yeah, wanting to get out, going to the infirmary. Yeah, yeah. those are interesting stories. Yeah. Uh, the um, I've told you the story about the oh the STEMI. Oh yeah, yeah. The jail patient, the STEMI. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. A, a good story. Did we tell that on this podcast, or have we talked about? I think that before? we. I don't think we told it on this one. We, yeah. I think we talked about it elsewhere. It's good to kind right. of, that's an interesting situation because of the refusal. Exactly. People call 911 all the time because, yeah, they think they're going to jail. Yeah. Yep. And then they end oh, up back chest pain. Yeah, exactly. Well, this guy had a STEMI. <laughs> and he refused care. Yeah. Appropriately. Yeah. And uh, we, did, we didn't treat a STEMI, but we, I wanted to, but he wouldn't let me. Yeah. Uh, but he, is, he really had chest pain. Yeah. Most of the time we think they're being fictitious. Well, most of the time they probably are. Most of the time they are. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, you can never know. You got to do your due diligence and check them out. Yeah, it's amazing how right when they want to go to jail, they all of a sudden have shortness of breath or trouble breathing or yeah. chest pain or something like that. Yeah. Some of my favorite people to treat in these sorts of situations, which we haven't even mentioned yet, which is another probably hundred stories I've got, are treating the, the law enforcement officers who've been injured. Oh, yeah. Whether it's a gunshot wound. Right. Or, or a broken injury. leg or, yep. or um, uh, you know, laceration from getting involved in an altercation mm -hmm. with, a pa with a patient. Mm -hmm. um, those, are, those are some of the, uh, to me anyway, I find a ton of fulfillment in being able to heal and help mm -hmm. fix my law enforcement colleagues. Yeah. I, and they're always uh, so tough, too. It's mm -hmm. like... I'm fine, Doc. I don't need any pain meds. Had a, a, one of these, uh, one of our colleagues here in our area, had uh, was chasing a patient down into like this, like a ravine, mm -hmm. and um, jumped from a pretty high height mm -hmm. and broke both of his calcanei. Oh, it's calcaneus is your heel bone, but oh, Oof. and and he's like both oh, of them. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine, man. Doc. I'm fine. <laughs> Like, no, you're not. You that just... guy's not gonna walk for a while. No, he he was hurt. Man, but those are those are it's a it's gratifying and fulfilling to treat law enforcement personnel. That is a, that is a job that is so difficult, especially today. Oh yeah, it's a, it's not yeah. An I don't easy, envy their jobs. Not an easy position to be in. Yeah, they should have scored a little higher on the test. They could have been firemen, but we'll save that topic for another day. <laughs> did you just say that? <laughs> I did. I meant it too. No, I'm just kidding. I love my brother's a cop. I can say that. I have a, a, a friend, uh, an ER doctor, actually, that keeps a, a chest tube uh, in his car. So if he ever gets pulled over, he'll, he'll, he'll talk about how this is what will save that guy's life when he's shot. And he's an ER doctor, and he thinks that's going to get him out of a ticket. <laughs> and he, he thought that would be a good idea. To, that's, uh, anyway, uh, that, that's one way to try, I guess. That's one yeah. way to try. That's one way to try. But it's true, though. It, I mean, that when the law enforcement officers get hurt, or, or, or two firefighters in a, in a fire uh, can get injured. Mm -hmm. uh, same sort of a thing for me is, is, uh, is helping. Because yep. uh, I, I don't have the skills to be able to fight a fire or do those things, but you do. And, and from time to time, you know, like we've talked about in other podcasts, you're the first to, to run into the fire. Well, I like it when ER doctors call 911. 
Oh, that's really? That's always fun for me, yeah. Oh, yeah? No, what what just, do they call 911 for? Because, no, I'm just saying if they have to. And then they tell us how to treat them. Smoke detectors? Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, don't even get me started on grown men and smoke detectors. I, uh, uh, oh, well, uh, confession of an ER doctor here as we close this thing out. Here's a funny story. I got Debbie so mad at me. <laughs> as I had a, a light, a very high light uh, in, a, in a stairway to get up to the studio. Oh, yeah, yeah. I set up three ladders as like a scaffolding. Oh, yeah, been there, Climbed done up that. that. And, yeah. oh, boy, was she not. I it. bet she was. Kids You're a doctor. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, I've had to do some uh, high ceilings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, change those light bulbs and smoke detector batteries. Have you ever had to call 911 for you? Uh, no, not for me. My wife has had to call 911 for my kids a couple of times. Okay. Uh, I had an issue... And my wife asked me if I, she wanted me to call 911. I was like, absolutely not. Put me in the car and take me to the hospital. I was no, the same way. I better be unconscious. You're, I'm going to have to be unconscious for your call 911 for me. Yeah, no. Yeah, Debbie wanted me to do that, and uh, she, I would not let her do it. No, I, absolutely not. She drove me. No, if I can walk and talk, I'll be fine. Yeah, and it was, right. it was a broken limb. Yep. And these aren't small things, I'm sure. And you, yours was no small thing. Nope. I mean, you were really yep. not feeling well. Yeah, yeah, no, I was not feeling well. But yeah, no, I'm not calling 911. Yeah, jail patients are always interesting. We run to the jail pretty often, but they are they 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 are always interesting, an interesting patient population. Yep, and and I think that the definition to me of a first responder includes law enforcement. And, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. Yeah. That'll be another podcast for another day. Yeah. We'll bring a cop in here and have that debate. And oftentimes people include ER doctors as first responders, oh, yeah. and I, I think I think we are certainly within the medical community. Yeah. But what you're doing out there, at, uh, that's really, you're really the first responder, by definition. First, first I may be responder. the first one in the hospital, but you're, you and I think the, uh, our law enforcement uh, colleagues are the real true heroes and first responders. So there's nothing to, um, nothing to uh, I don't know, I don't think you can argue that. They call we all. Oh, that's good stuff. Well, thank you for what you do. This has been a good, yep, fun good conversation. Yeah, a couple absolutely. funny stories about jail patients. Yep. I'm looking forward to our next podcast. Thank you.